Good morning. Good morning. I had something really clever to say. But, but I'm going to get right into the word. <laughs> Cultivating his presence. And I want to um, continue the story of Martha and Mary. And uh, I'm going to give Martha a real break today. Cultivating his presence. What's the first point that I made about cultivating his presence? I think it's important that we acknowledge. Acknowledge our God. Acknowledge his importance in our life. If we, if we start by acknowledging how important he is to us, his priority scale in our life actually goes up. If money is incredibly important in my life, the idea of trying to get money gets really high in importance, the priority. If, if relationships are important to a person, building relationships, it, it, it ticks up in importance in that person's life. There are some people who are just, they love being alone. They can handle being alone. They can have, handle no conversation in their life. And so quiet time, the idea of quietness, that importance goes up in their life and they make room for quietness. And so if we recognize the Lord God Almighty, the importance, recognize his authority in, in our life, recognize my need for him, guess what? the priority of him goes up in my life. So that, to me, that is probably the greatest step in actually cultivating his, his presence in my life. The fact that I put a priority for him into my life, into my time, into my, my thought life, into making sure I come to church on a Sunday morning, the importance of the body, the importance of corporate worship, those kind of things, they take a higher level into my life. Amen? So that's point number one. Talking about Martha and Mary. You know, they're mentioned, they, there's three stories of them in the Bible. You know, they're mentioned more than some of the disciples. Martha, Mary, Lazarus. They're mentioned more than Bartholomew. Yeah, how many times have you seen, besides every gospel or most of the gospels kind of naming the disciples, how many times has Bartholomew ever come up? Or Judas number two. We know Judas number one, but there's a second Judas. So, so I, I want to look at their life a little bit more. And here's where I want to give Martha a break because she actually had a home. This is a woman. And when, when you think about the story, Jesus was coming through town and she received him and it says into her house. So she seems to me, as I think about her 
and this story, she, th- she seems to be a very enterprising type of person. The fact that she served, and then in a later story she served, she was quite enterprising and a hard worker. And in the middle of the, we, we kind of look at Mary and uh, ascribe to her this, this level of spirituality. But you know when Lazarus passed away, there was great faith in Martha that we don't hear from Mary. You have to, I, I don't have time to go there, that story. But, but Martha was full of faith. And yet when we look at this first story, she kind of gets this second place. So, Louise, I mean Martha, take heart. <laughs> now it came to pass, Luke chapter 10, verse 38. As they went, they... As they went, Jesus and the disciples, that he, Jesus, entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving. And came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. So last week, we talked about Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus. I, I, as, as you study more and more, all of a sudden these other thoughts come into your head. And then you read, you read the, the, uh, the definition of uh, listen, and then other words pop into your head, pop out at you. And here, this is the grammar. The word listen is the active voice. And why is that important? Because it shows that there was an intention on Mary's part. The word that uh, popped into my head when I, I saw active and purposeful decision, I thought of the word engagement. Mary took time to engage Jesus. And there, here, you can see on my notes, I hand wrote, what is your engagement level? What is your engagement? How much time, effort are you putting into listening and hearing? The opposite of, of uh, the active voice is the passive. Where it talks about Martha was encumbered, that's passive. All these things were happening to Martha to distract her. So we see Mary actively 
engaging with Jesus. And we see Martha passively, meaning she was the recipient of all this action on her. And that's how life can happen to us. We don't actively um, make ourselves too busy. Things just happen. The car breaks down. Uh, Interact went down this week. Hoy, can you imagine? We went back to cash. I left the house, and I, I went to Tim Hortons in the morning because I enjoy walking and drinking a coffee in the morning, and Interact was down. Fortunately, I had a few coins left in the car. I got my $2 coffee, so that was good. So then I, I got home, and then I had to go out again, and I got in the car, and I, I remember, oh, man, there's no Interact I got to get cash. I had to run back in the house and, and locate some cash. But wow, things just happen. I can imagine the stress level that, that caused certain people because something happened to them. I had no stress. Why? Because I was, act, I was proactive. I went and got cash. I went into the store. No stress whatsoever because I knew I was covered. And I was active I actively engaged that issue, and then other people it happened to. And can you imagine the guy in the, I mean, I, I was, I, I get out of the car, and I walk into Tim Hortons, and a car comes driving in to the drive-thru. No interact today. He missed out on his coffee. He had to back out, and he left. Like, poor guy. <laughs> Oh, actually, yeah. Uh, my children went to a movie, and then I got a call, said, Dad, the Interact's down. Can you bring some cash? <laughs> so, so it's just these things that distract and disrupt our lives. And that was Martha. That was, all this stuff. Now, lots of people think it was just the serving. But... But when Jesus responds to this outburst from Martha, can you imagine Martha has a house, owns, this is her house. She seems to be very enterprising. In the next chapter, she looks full of, or a couple chapters later, when Lazarus has passed away, she's full of faith. This outburst seems so uncharacteristic. And I want to I delve into this outburst. Because Jesus says, Martha, Martha, thou art careful. Do you realize the word careful, when you dig into the Greek, means anxious. How many have in the last 10 years heard the word anxiety more and more and more in this life. When you look at the word careful, one of the greatest uses is in chapter 6 of Matthew, where Jesus says, how many of you being careful about something? Let me read it, because I don't, I don't want to be misquoting here. Matthew 6. You know what's really funny? Yeah. 
you go to Matthew 6, 25 in the blue letter Bible. It's where I look under, you know, get the concordance and everything. Matthew 26, you know what the heading of that section is called? The cure for anxiety. I said, oh, Lord, you're amazing. He's amazing. So this, here's, this is where, how many of you, which of you taking thought, the Greek word, being careful, or having anxiety, how many of you being anxious and be, having anxiety can add one cubit to his stature? And then it, it, it gets capped off by seek first, the kingdom of God. Talks about, you know, taking, being careful, being anxious about your clothing, being anxious about your food, being anxious, being anxious. You know, Jesus says, yeah, the, the heathen, they, they search, they, they pursue those kind of things, but you seek first the kingdom of God. Anxiety. Jesus is telling Martha, you have anxiety not about she you see her uh in the story where where mary is washing the feet of jesus the very the, it says there they were he came to bethany and martha was serving so obviously she was a woman who cared about the physical needs of those people that were coming do you realize we need those kind of people Who's looking after your children right now? Those who don't have your children. There's somebody serving. Do you realize somebody had to come and fill up the water back there? Quite often we have coffee. So there are people. We need that. Amen? We need Marthas and Brendas and Louises and... <laughs> I got you covered, Mom. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I got off on a rabbit trail, and I forgot where I was. <laughs> Martha was anxious. Yeah, I got distracted. <laughs> I got cumbered. I got cumbered. <laughs> Jesus is telling Martha, you have anxiety. You are worried. Not about whether this food's going to come out on time. You are worried about many things. You are worried and you are troubled about many things. It reminded me of the passage of Scripture where Jesus says, Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, who are carrying a big load who have many things on your mind. And I will give you rest. I, that ties right into the fact that the presence of the Lord, to be a house of his presence, is the key. Cultivating his presence in your life. And Mary had that down pat. She didn't have a care in the world. 
<laughs> I just love, again, going back, I think, last week, I, I look, when, you, when you click in, you study, you, you see how the artists render rendering of this and some very famous artists. And Mary is just sitting there, not a care in the world, just receiving the, re the one picture says, receiving the revelation. And then the, the commentator says, and the more wor Martha worked, the more she got worked up. <laughs> to a point where this very composed woman blows up. This woman who had things organized in her life, yet this stress, the worry, the anxiety got to a point where she blew up. And it wasn't about serving. It was to a point where the anxiety created this troubledness that she in preaching terms we call that psychosomatic it's where thy psyche affects the soma which is your body i want to deal i i got home last week and i started thinking okay i'm i'm gonna wrap this up and i i couldn't get off this point and I think, I, I, I want, you got to understand my thought process here. A, I wrote on my notes, we need to know and understand the times that we're living in. We have to understand that this world, the, the, the scripture, I'm preaching, so I'll use the scripture Darkness is getting darker. It's not getting easier. Times are getting more challenging. If we cultivate the presence of the Lord in our lives, our light will shine brighter and brighter. We will become people that the stressed out ones will come to. Why? Because we have peace. There's a rest. All those who are weary and heavy laden, if you come unto me, you will find rest for your soul. So I'm going to do a little bit of a science lesson. All those kids who thought they were finished school. No, I just, I really want to open our eyes a little bit about what Jesus was actually saying. Worrying. This is what Martha was doing. Is feeling uneasy or being overly concerned about a situation or a problem. Has you ever had that happen to you? With excessive worrying, your mind and body go into overdrive as you constantly focus on what might happen. In the midst of excessive worrying, you may suffer from high anxiety, even panic. I don't know if, have, when I was a kid, no, I, we never used the word panic attack. Never. 
never even heard of that word. How many times, how many of you have heard of panic attack recently? It's this reality that has crept into our society. When I was a kid, uh, we, have, we have a cat named, what's the orange one called? Stan, we have Stanley. Stanley. He's this orange cat in our house. And we have Rubio, who is really good at catching mice and frogs. And he's a hunter, and he's aggressive. And, and then... You see Stanley, and he's just waving at butterflies. <laughs> this happy-go-lucky cat. Who does, and three-quarters of the time when you see Stanley, you know what he's doing? He's sleeping. You never, hardly ever see Rubio sleeping. He's out in the grass, in the tall grass. He's out in the pasture. He's playing with a mouse or something. High-strung. This world is getting more and more high-strung. I don't know if you've noticed. Panic attacks. Many chronic worriers, people who worry excessively, tell of feeling a sense of impending doom or unrealistic fears that then only increase their worries. And I'm just going to read some of the research I, I, w I was going through. They become ultra-sensitive to their environment. Martha, something that would probably never really kind of trigger her, was ultra-sensitive all of a sudden because she was overly anxious about many things. Chronic worrying can affect your daily life so much that it may interfere with your appetite, your lifestyle choices, relationships, your sleep, and your job performance. I, does this resonate with anybody? What we see happening in our world. Anxiety, the, anxiety is a normal reaction to stress. It's, it is normal. Here are some of the stress triggers. I, and, and I just, again, I'm just going to read some of these things. Some of these things will maybe provoke other thoughts. But how about a job interview or an irritating individual? A financial issue. Maybe you're preparing for a test or an exam, or you, you realize, okay, I have an impending conflict coming up. I'm, w when we were younger, my wife and I we took the kids on holidays. We'd have a great time, and then with about two days to go in our holiday, Brenda started acting differently. Because she started thinking about what's going to happen when I get home. And all of a sudden, the thoughts of impending conflict. You got somebody at work that you just can't handle or deal with. And um, maybe you're a boss and you got to fire somebody or have that real hard talking to. The next night, the, the night before, 
you are going mentally, you're a, a whirlwind. The thoughts. This conversation is going to go like this, like this, like this, like this. And you have the whole conversation in your head. You, I'm going to use a biblical term, you've meditated on the problem. And you can meditate about your financials, your relationships, your job, your schooling. You meditate on it. But the word is worry. How about bad traffic? That could be a stress trick. Most, there's some people that are just, I, I, I have one brother who's just a hard worker, hard, 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 hard worker. And then I have a, <laughs> yeah, he, David, Pastor David is, but this is a different brother. And then he had a worker one time who wasn't so driven. And he couldn't find this person. And he had assigned him tasks. And he couldn't find this person. And he was, we had, it's a steel shop, and we had built these big garbage kind of containers. And my brother, you know, the more work, the more he got worked up. And the more he searched, the more he got worked up. And finally, he found this person who was supposed to be cleaning these garbages, lying inside the garbage bin. And I don't know exact language he used, but it was gist of it was, what are you doing? And this person who's lying there says, so-and-so, my brother, don't you ever take time just to watch the birds? <laughs> Well, not during your eight-hour shift, no. <laughs> but there are some people, the, the stress triggers, they're different for all of us. Bad traffic. Some people just can't handle lineups. Some people can't handle quietness. Some people can't sleep when it's quiet. Other people just love the solitude. And when they get into a crowd and the noise, they... they so there's different things. We're all created with different things in our life that some things that trigger up some people can handle a time crunch and they work so efficiently boom 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 time crunch oh yeah i'm gonna get this done. other people it freezes them they just freeze and they can't get any creative thoughts nothing excessive worriers and people who then get triggered by some a stress in your life they can react quickly and intensely. That's what happened to Martha. Jesus, she interrupted a teaching session the Son of God was having with her sister. Intense. Just didn't think about necessarily what the consequences were. Okay. Um, even thinking about the situation can cause chronic worries, great distress, and, and even disability. There are two elements to this stress response. The first is you perceive and you, you look at the challenge you're, about to, you're facing. Bad traffic. Lineups in the grocery store. You think about this conflict you're going to have with this person tomorrow. You're looking at your bills. So you, you, the, the trigger hits. That's the first. 
the first step in this. Then the second is the automatic psychological reaction. Biblical terms, are you going to fear or are you going to have faith? That's the biblical side. But I, I want to look at just even just some of our natural reactions. It's often, well, sorry, well, it's often <laughs> called, how many of you heard this recently, fight or flight? This, this fight or flight, you're, you're faced with this crisis, this thing that has triggered you. And I'm just going to talk about just some natural things. This brings a surge of adrenaline into your system. And it sets, the surge of adrenaline sets your body into red alert. I've seen people, they hit this point. And in their mind, they might not understand what's going on and they don't understand the situation. But they get to this point of adrenaline and uh, cortisol. And they, get, they hit this point of no return. I don't know if you've ever met this type of person. And this normally peaceful, kind person is all of a sudden hitting and yelling and screaming and using language like, where did that, where did you hear that, learn that? And it's, it's because the body hits a, a, this red alert point. This causes the body's here sympathetic nervous system to release stress hormones such as cortisol. And then these hormones, they boost the blood sugar levels and the triglycerides, which are the blood fats, that your body uses for fuel. So all of a sudden now, your body is triggering all this fuel. Have you ever seen a person with a stress ball? The, they say the best way when that, those, those levels hit you is, is do some sort of physical activity. Go jogging. My one son, he's not, he plays the drums. He, he used to get this ants in his pants in school. And the teacher, you, 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 I'm so thankful for her, would realize, okay, his name is Bradley. Bradley's not listening. Now, could either get him in trouble, put the hammer down on him. You know what she did? She said, you know what, Brad? Go, go outside, run to that back fence, and come back. And it released this pent-up activity. Ants, we, we, just, we had such unscientific terms in, in the olden days. He had ants in his pants. Like, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen those old westerns, eh? A guy puts on his pants in the morning, and then there's ants in his pants, and then he's jumping all over the place. Well, that... So that's physically what happens to people. Quite often, it's not demonic. Back in the old days, we, we thought, okay, that person's possessed by a devil. And then we'd have a devil casting out session. <laughs> now we laugh about it back then it wasn't funny whoa <laughs> just, uh, 
I just remember one person just tackled somebody <laughs> and started praying over this kid. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm making myself cry. <laughs> but you know what? It's cortisol. It's hormones. <laughs> Oh my! Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't a devil at all. <laughs> oh my! So here's the psychos. All this stuff is going on in a person's body and their brain, and they're flying off the handle. Yeah, they got the ants in the pants. So here's some physical reactions to stress. Could be. Now, I'm not a doctor, okay? So don't go diagnose yourself. But here are some, here are some things. Difficulty swallowing, dizziness, dry mouth, a fast heartbeat. And, and listen, this is going to happen to anybody. Pastor Brenda said it's okay if I use her as an example. We teach people. We preach to people. We go on missionary journeys. We know it all. And how long ago did you just totally break down and have a literal panic attack? It was the last few months. We're sitting in our living room having a conversation. All of a sudden, she's just crying. And I'm like, okay, what did I say? Like, am I literally just started crying and her heart's beating. Never before in her life. And here she is now having a panic attack. It can happen to any of us. Fast beating heart, hyperventilating, fatigue, headaches, the inability to concentrate, irritability, muscle aches, muscle tensions, nausea, nervous energy, Rapid breathing, shortness of both rapid breathing and shortness of breath. Sweating, trembling, twitching, seizures. All physical reactions to stresses in our life, to anxiety in our life, to being troubled about something in our life, and then not, and not knowing how to deal with these things. Here's some serious physical consequences to allowing this in your life. The suppression of our, our immune system, digestive disorders, muscle tension again, short-term memory loss, premature coronary, coronary artery disease, and, and even heart attack. Because we don't know how to deal with our anxiety. And here's Martha being a proxy for all of us outbursting because when you read about the other situations in her life that's this is not the type of person she is she's actually full of faith and and was very appropriate in talking to jesus even under the stress of her brother passing away and jesus not showing up jesus if you would have arrived earlier you could have just healed him but i know but i i know that you can bring it back to life. 
that's Martha. And here's this verbal outburst. And I just, I want to, this, this I, I, I like looking at old translations. There's one's called the Young's Literal Translation. It's an older translation. It just kind of takes the words kind of right as close to the Greek as possible. And this is Martha um, coming to Jesus. Um, she's got to excuse the old English. Dost thou not care that my sister left me alone to serve? Say then to her that she may part. Now, listen to this word. Partake along with me. Martha, the world wants to drag you in, wants you to partake of its craziness, of its chaos, of its confusion. It wants you to partake, and it's reaching out, trying to grab us every single day, trying to drag us into its chaos, its confusion, its anger. Whatever word you want to use, the world wants you to partake along with it. And that, that's the old English. Jesus, tell Mary to come and partake of my exasperation. <laughs> and Jesus said, thou art anxious and disquieted about many things. But of one thing there is need. For all of us, there is one thing that we need. And Mary hath the good part chosen. Sounds like Yoda. Doesn't it? Cora, that sounds like Yoda. They mix up their words and put them backwards. And that shall not be taken from her. What was the one thing? What was the one thing? Jesus recognized the level of engagement that Mary had with him. Put the distractions aside. There's probably some things happening in Mary's life too that were, could have kind of caused stress and anxiety. She put it aside. Now how practically can we do something like this in our lives? I, was, I read sometimes that God loves to work with the things that he's put a desire into our lives. I love walking or hiking, enjoying outdoors. Do you know where I find my greatest connection? Is doing the things that he put in me to enjoy. If you like to hike, go, go take a hike. <laughs> Some, some, <laughs> some of you like to bake, and you find that peaceful. Guess where God loves to talk to us? In that peace. I love, I love working around the yard, and some of my greatest examples are when I'm pulling weeds. I even wrote a message, preached it you know, about weeds because these thoughts come to my head in those moments where there's nobody and I'm just working. Some of you have a hobby. What, what do you love doing? 
Pastor Nelson loves golf, but he's got so many things going through his brain when he's golfing. The weight shift, don't try golfing. There's too much going on in the brain. But he loves tinkering with motors, working around the yard. I, I went to his house yesterday. To, I needed some more help on the, 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 the lawnmower. And he got changed into his jeans and a T-shirt. And he said, these are my play clothes. <laughs> what do you love? Gardening. We have a beautiful garden. Do you like gardening? Get out and garden. Enjoy the peace. And that peace restores your soul. The Lord, my shepherd, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. And in that environment of peace, he restores my mind, my will, my emotions. What do you love to do? Hiking, biking. I loved my times. I used to be into biking a little bit more. But I loved those times of biking. Because there's nothing. Didn't have a computer in front of my face. Didn't have a TV with news blaring. I didn't have anything. It was peace. And in that peace... I could listen. What brings you peace? What brings you joy? Something That's something that God's put into you. I don't like baking, but some people do. And they, that God put that in them. Some people don't like to ride the bike. Makes them sore. And so they don't want to ride a bike. It's too exerting. I don't, I don't, when I ride the bike, I don't find that physically exerting. I just enjoy. And in that, that enjoyment, there's peace. Out in the garden, trimming, trimming tree, trees or, or bushes or whatever. Some people love physical labor with their hands. And in that time of physical hard labor, they're loving it. And it brings peace. In these times of high stress, high trigger count, high anxiety, pressure, we need to cultivate in our life, in our mind, in our heart, our will, our emotions, in our spirit, times of peace. Times where we're just relaxed Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and you will find. And no, it actually doesn't say that. I will give you, again, you find the time to come, and Jesus says, I will give you rest. Wow. I've said it the last few weeks. I said, I believe this summer, we can do little things to change our life, our lifestyle, our perspective. This week, just find something that you enjoy. Maybe it's going out in the evening and getting an ice cream cone. A simple time where you, there's some sort of pleasure involved, enjoyment. Go out and enjoy life. 
put aside the cares, the worries, the stress points. Find a place quiet. Find a place peaceful where you are enjoying it, whether it's a walk, a hike, a garden, an ice cream cone. Find somewhere where you can engage peace. Engage Jesus. Engage quietness. Amen? Amen. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Heavenly Father, let your peace rest over everyone this, here this morning. Those who are feeling well, maybe listening online or at home right now, let your peace infiltrate our lives. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. God bless you.